Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Now, I haven't been to the cinema since they opened, but I'm definitely going to be going back to see a brilliant new Irish film that is opening shortly. It's called The Bright Side and it stars Gemily Devereaux and it's inspired by Anne Gilday's memoir, I've Got Cancer, What's Your Excuse? In this episode, we talk to Gilday and to director Ruth Meehan about The Bright Side, which is a surprisingly humorous take on breast cancer that grew out of a difficult period for both of them. The film was influenced by the personal experiences of both Ruth and Anne Gilday as a cancer survivor and Mian as someone who lost her sister and best friend to the disease. Kate, played by Gemma Lee Devereaux, has a modestly successful career as a comic, but has reached a stage in life of wondering whether that's all there is. Her routines are tinged with bitterness and disappointment. A fall from a trampoline results in a few bruised ribs, an x-ray and the discovery of a lump on her left breast. Already suicidal, Kate seems to welcome the diagnosis as a guilt-free way out. Once Kate begins her treatment and meets a cross-section of fellow patients, brilliant women, all played by fantastic actors, it's clear where the bright side will be heading. Sisterly solidarity and a wall of positivity will inevitably chip away at Kate's tough defences. Here's a little trailer for the movie. Months of radiation, mutilation, it mightn't even work. There's all sorts of new drugs now. Cancer isn't what it used to be. I should call the police. The last doctor had never even heard of you. I've got cancer. This big lump right here. Do you want to feel? Try to control. I heard mummy tell Mrs. Pasley that you might die. Can I have your iPad? Alex. Ah, this must be your daughter. That's Kate McLaughlin. She's big in Leitrim. This is your life. New material and free drugs. Some people have all the luck. This actually looks quite good to me. I know it's tough for you. Shut up. It's tough for all of us. We're fighting for our lives here. You like the new style? <laughs> I think you're pretty. I see a firefighter. I see a line divided. I see. So like I said, we've got Gilday and Mian on. Anne Gilday is a Dublin-based writer and performer. She's had a varied career, toured internationally with her all-girl comedic songster group, The Newlas. She's written and performed comedy material for radio and television for both RTE in Ireland and the BBC in the UK. She's worked as a solo comedian. She's been a columnist. And as I mentioned, she wrote that incredible memoir. Ruth Meehan is a writer and director who has been producing award-winning work for both film and television in Ireland and Britain since 1998. She and Anne were classmates in DCU, which is where much of the movie was filmed. I began by asking Ruth Meehan how the movie came about. So um, the 
the genesis of The Bright Side um, came as a result of um, me actually taking myself off uh, on a break uh, uh, about a year after my, my sister had actually uh, died of cancer. And I just knew I needed some time out, of it, you know, and possibly um, intuitively uh, knew that I hadn't really dealt with the grief 100% and that in order to, I kind of needed some downtime. So I just went, I just booked a flight. The cheapest one I could get was out of Dublin on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I think it was 2014. And um, there I was in the airport Billy no mates going, what am I doing? And I went into the bookshop and um, there on the desk was Anne Gildee's book, I've Got Cancer, What's Your Excuse? And you might think I would run a mile uh, from a book with that cover, but uh, I knew Anne from, um, we'd been in college together many moons ago and I knew her from the Nulas and from, from college. And I just thought, wow, I didn't know she had been through breast cancer. Um, no, my sister hadn't had breast cancer, but I just started flicking through it and I just thought, do you know what? I'm I'm taking this as a holiday read, <laughs> and um, I I I had an absolutely fantastic time on my own uh, for a few weeks in Goa in India. But I was that person sitting in a restaurant on her own reading a book called "I've Got Cancer." What's your excuse? <laughs> and at that time, I had myself and Jean Pasley uh, had been looking for um, to write a, a film uh, together. Um, and I just didn't feel very inspired by anything at that moment. And I was saying to her, I really don't know if I can uh, write anything. But then when I read Anne's, was reading Anne's book, I was going, wow, you know, this is so incredible what Anne is, how she is speaking about her experience. And and I just thought, um, you know, that there's, maybe there's this, it's a, it could be an amazing basis for, uh, for me and Jean to work with if Anne was open to it. So I emailed both Jean and Anne um, from, from the beach and said, uh, I just said to Anne, you know, I see you've been through a tough time and I've lost my sister and we haven't seen each other in age, but I, I think I would love to talk to you about making a film based on your experience and using it as a jumping off point. And, and I contacted Jean and said, I just think I've found a really incredible, you know, starting point, if, if, if nothing else. And I didn't know where it would go. And and I guess that was how it came about. And um, and I would say the the film is like a, a synthesis of like myself and Jean were the writers, but but Anne Anne's material was not only the stand up, but we we actually were able to use quite a lot in the book that was supporting some of the other characters. And we created the story arc and the other women. Um, but over the couple of years we developed it, we keep bringing Anne in and checking with her and saying, "What do you think of this?" And are you, you know so. Um, so that's, I guess, how it how it came about. And before I bring Anne in, tell me about your sister, what her name was. And Anne has a particular style in writing about these very dark things. Like she's very irreverent. She's very funny, obviously. Um, would your sister have, have loved it? What was her name, like I say? Alico. Um, and Alico okay. was a larger than life, fab, fabulous woman with an incredible wit and um, and far more cynical and funny and witty than me. And actually, I was the butt end of a lot of her jokes. So I think it was a way of connecting with her because I think Anne's humour um, and and honesty, do you know, and Alika was a really big hearted woman as well. And, um, you know, she had gone through so much in her in her experience um, and in her illness. And, you know, the whole film, the writing of it and the making of it, in fact, has been a, a very beautiful long way for me to process uh uh, in, in, in a really safe way and in a really supportive and creative. I mean, creativity is one of the most incredible supports, I think, when things are really tough as well. So I think it does, it absolutely uh, connected me to her and through humour as well and through heartbreak. 
you know? And I don't, I think they go together incredibly well, to be honest, humour and heartbreak. Um, we need them. Actually, we need them both because we're going to have them both, whether we like it or not. Yeah, well, I think that's very true. And what did you think when you got the email? Was it a, a, a beautiful surprise? And were you immediately like, yes, make a film of my book? It's amazing when you get something like that for something you've written. And, you know, Roisin, I, I felt like... I had turned my cancer into a bloody industry because I was writing a column at the time for the Mail on Sunday. I wrote about it. Then I got a call from a radio program. Can you come and speak about it? Then I got a call from a documentary maker. Can we start making a documentary straight away so we can cover your, your bit of the chemo and, and your mastectomy? And then I did. And then I got a book deal. And, I, and at the end of it all, I realised... I was just saying yes to everything because all I cared about was paying the mortgage. And uh, at the end of it, I went, I've found this incredibly stressful and I'm actually a really private person. And the way to go through something like this is is quietly and privately. And I, I, I know the oncologist, the brilliant professor, um, just thought that was crazy, you know. And so uh, it, this was really nice because it, it was something a bit distant from me, but it was still about it. And then from the sheer point of view of when you've written a book and you know yourself in publishing, so much comes out and disappears. It Just from the creative and publishing point of view, to have someone saying that they want to continue the life of your book by having that connection is incredible. And then I love the idea that they would take it as a basis and it would get involved in in a whole other process. And that's the wonderful thing about creativity that um, you, you you put stuff out in the world and then it lands in different ways and crashes in with other people's experience and ideas. And then, so I can see threads of my book in the film, but it's, you know, it's uh, Jean and Ruth's film and it's Ruth's experience of grief coming through, you know, it's their project. And, uh, extraordinary it was wonderful it was absolutely you know just a wonderful thing to 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 come out of it Ruth coming back to you tell us about Kate and about the this the sort of uh, setup of the film um this is a young woman who is suicidal she's a stand-up comedian uh, she's going through a lot she's had a quite a terrible childhood um tell us a bit more about it for everyone who is, is going to go out and see it in cinemas soon hopefully yeah well you know Kate is in a dark place when we meet her and uh, is in the middle of an existential crisis and a very waning will to live. And in actual fact, the way I understand her is she's in unbearable pain and she wants escape. Um, and so she's so um, it's a very hard thing to take a, a main character and give her that want. I mean, you're constantly told writing films, make, you know, make sure your characters are likable and the audience can identify. And, you know, she's, she's, and, and, you know, you know, it's not fair, but especially with women, women are, are, are get off, you know, an audience are tougher on women who aren't likable. And, you know, so we were aware we were creating a character that was difficult because she was in a difficult space. And, um, but what I was always interested in was the question, what, what does it take for us to create a woman who is genuinely in this space, but that we can track in an authentic way what it takes for her to have her to open to life. And ironically, the experience of coming um, her like, you know, when she gets a cancer diagnosis, it her first uh, experience of it is it's a potential escape route. But she, um, you know, agrees to it. Uh, It kind of is this kind of deal 
to go through with it in a way, hoping it won't work so that she can have a guilt-free way out. And um, uh, it is in, in it's the connecting, the involuntary friendships that, that, that she, uh, you know, the bonds she makes and the, the shared experience and the connections and the way that she, it's like somebody falling in love without knowing that that's happening to them. You know, she, she's connecting to these women. And then it, it's, it's, we were constantly tracking how do, how, and, and the love, the love story, like what does it take to crack her open? And I guess the underlying architecture of that came from my own experience of loss and grief and that there is also a potentially a liberation in it, even though it's not something that's ever talked about. But, you know, if you can go with the horrendous things that happen in life and, you know, make peace with things that are unacceptable, there is there is this kind of um, potential of having a relationship with life that's more unconditional. It's not based on the conditions. It's not based on everything working. Like, it's a tough ask, but I was always very interested in, in, in essentially a film about surrender because she is fighting life from the beginning until uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you know, you, you know, we were very mindful of tracking what it takes to open her to giving in and saying okay, you know, and that's ultimately what I guess my own experience. Uh, I feel I was freed a lot. I, I mean, I lost a very dear friend, Mago, as well, um, just um, before making the film, and um, again with cancer, and so I, I, f- I feel like. Um, you know, we can't really ever articulate, but that's what I love about it. I know that it's beyond me to articulate all the ways in which what this film is about to me. But I, I and I love that fact that there's a mystery in it and that there's a there's a creativity. And that's what I hope will leave space for other people to find what they might find in it. So it's not like, here's our story. It's A, B and C. Now you receive A, B and C. It's like, here's our story, A, B and C. And, and you will probably get E, F and G or, you know, people yeah. will have whatever they have from it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and just talking about the, I mean, this sort of camaraderie occurs with all these women who are getting chemotherapy. Tell us a bit about, you said the threads of your stuff in the, in the film, but it was does, does that resonate with you, that bit in the film where they're all sitting around getting their chemo people of all different ages different sort of classes everything like that but having this massive life experience in common was that something you experienced well the the, the chemo ward is is communal and you do you know you would have chats with people i mean it, it, that's the brilliant um artistic license poetic license of the film that you can take that basic scenario and concept and say what if all these people um became pals and uh and went off on you know had a journey together which is um the license of the book is that was wasn't my experience but i did meet um the same women going into the day ward to have the chemotherapy and people go are on different schedules of chemo i was having it every two weeks so you would cross over differently with people but i would have great chats um, I always remember once talking to an older lady and I was obsessed with the detail. So I knew exactly what I was getting. I knew the history, the medical history of everything going into my body. And I said to her, and so uh, what chemo are you on? And she went, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> she didn't even know the name of it. I just love that. I um, It's 
it's very heavy. The, the the atmosphere can be heavy. And that was one thing I wanted to capture in the book of what chemo feels like, because we've all heard of chemo, but I didn't have a clue. I didn't know, was it something radiated at you or plugged into <laughs> you? Or... I wanted to capture the visceral thing of the smell of it is what I remember. So the kind of nauseating smell around it for me. And, uh, and and lots of needles and actually a lot of pain. I look back at the time you just get through it, but I can't bear needles going into my veins now. There's just, you know, because it's just endlessly being prodded, blood tests and lines put in and things being pumped into you. But the, yes, there's, there's, there's great truth in the scenario and they're all there together. And uh, I just love the way uh, the the story's been created. I love it because it it manages to bring in lots of different perspectives, and uh, I, I love that. It's such a brilliant women's film. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the kind of film that you know groups of girlfriends are going to go and see together and and have a drink afterwards and chat about it. You know, it's it's really one of those. Um, and I know Kate isn't you, but did you see anything of you in her? I mean, she's in quite a dark, dark place when this is all happening. Was there anything in in her character that you did really identify with? Oh well, you know that's a big thing through the book. I was in a dark place. I um and and I I love what Ruth just said about um and actually I'm gonna <laughs> think about that in the future of learning to have an unconditional relationship with life and accepting when things go bad. I think I've always been the kind of person to go. No, it should be this way. No, this is the goal and you must achieve. And I had been through a phase of things not disappointing. And uh, and, and, and I, I did kind of have, a, you know, an unfortunate childhood. And uh, those elements are true. But it was also like just learning to be unconditional in your acceptance of, of life is I I, I, um, I resonated with. And yeah, the the, the yeah. Um, I, I was in a dark place before I got cancer and then cancer became a light place. It was a weird reversal. And, and there's an element of that. And she's kind of going, I don't give a shit because I'm probably dying. And I, I was a bit like that. And I, I've, I've totally reversed my whole take on life and everything because I've seen people die and uh, people that really loved die of cancer and uh and also what really kills me and people I know who died of cancer is when they were mums and I never had kids. And I just uh, I just go, you really have to treasure your life. Number one, you have to you have to treat life as a gift. And um, because when I, when I've seen mums die and leave like young teenagers uh, you just go, OK, well, I'm still here and I'm going to mm-hmm. honour them by really treasuring my life now and really respecting this gift and really respecting my body. Um, there's also a very supportive brother in the film. And I suppose that's something you have as well. I have a really supportive brother, but it was my sister who was the really <laughs> supportive person she kind of came on the journey with me and that was another thing I learned and I think anybody who's been through cancer will will get this that you need one very close ally to come with you on the journey and that it's worse for them than you because you're going through the whole process so the attention's on you and you're going through the treatments and they're just standing on the sideline just aghast and hoping it'll work and uh, 
And so he he's kind of like a mashup of my brother and my sister. And uh, I love Kevin McGowan. I just he was he was doing an interview on telly yesterday. I just watched a bit of it. Oh, my God. He's a superstar, isn't he? He's fantastic. Yeah. He's so cute. I mean, he could be a Hollywood star. Uh, no, it's not me. It's parallel me. But uh, yeah, uh, him as my uh, screen brother. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and we should mention um, Ruth G- Gemma Lee Devereaux, who's the, who plays Kate. I mean, she's she's a star, too, isn't she? What a wonderful actor. Uh, she's stunning. And um, she really I was saying, you know, she she gave everything um, and you know, I did very, I did very consciously um, kind of, and, and it was one of the other gifts of all the loss is it takes away some of the fear. You know, uh, previously, and I might have been very concerned of, oh, it's a first feature and I've been trying to make a film for a long time and I'd be like, oh, you know, you might be very precious about it or am I good or is this good? And I couldn't give a damn. I was like, we have this chance to tell this story. I am not going to trip myself up worrying about whether or not, like just not, you know, I'm just going to go for it. And I wanted Gemalia and all the cast and the crew. And that's the feeling that I think I got most out of. And I just felt like Gemalia really took that and ran, as did all the cast. But she just, um, you know, we just didn't look back. And she, you know, shaved her head and she went into, you know, dug very deep for that performance. And she had to have a huge range in the, in that story. She she has to have that distress in her, every every cell of her. And then the capacity to make you laugh and to be irreverent and witty. And, you know, that's a lot to ask. And, um, you know, I think she did an amazing job and as did the, all the other women as well. Um, I was really delighted to have and, and the guys. And were you conscious as well with Kate? Because, I mean, you know, we're used to seeing a lot of tropes um, in Irish movies and, you know, especially around women that she's quite a modern character, like in terms of her sexuality, in terms of her kind of, you know, her brashness and her just you know her her wanting to be herself her, her autonomy you know wanting to do it her way that seems to come through in in nearly every scene that's interesting I mean you know I I found sometimes and I'm sure Jean found it too that like sometimes we'd be writing Kate and going oh my god she can't do that do you know that like, that's awful she can't say that <laughs> because I would never say you know you know and you're kind of going and that's where if you're you've got to let this character you're going this character is sitting on you know, uh, you know, volcanic rage and and also her sexuality is objectified. Everything is she's cut off in every possible way. So so there she's never even in some of those, um, you know, you, you know, she, some of the scenes to so some sex scenes and she's not there for herself. She's there. She's just so unhealthy in, and, and everything in her, the story is showing you that. So and then then there's a casualness about it, you know, um. So and yet there is a strength of uh, of a presence and a character. So so I think she's intriguing. And and I what I love about a character like that is you wonder, you know, she's coming out of Gemalia, out of Anne, out of me, out of Jean, out of, you know, like it, it's out of the relationship with the other women, you know, and then she's popping. And what's so so it's so funny when people say you wrote this character. And you go, did we like, you know, really like it's it's yes, we did. But um, yeah, I think she surprised us. And then then Gemalia took her and, and ran with her. And so whatever feeling she gives off the screen is that that uh, organic evolution of that character. Yeah. Now, um, they go um, fly fishing as a sort of post 
cancer recovery therapy, which is something I'd never heard of casting for confidence. That, that How did you find that? I don't know if that's in your book. I can't remember. Uh, I never went fly fishing, but I had, I mentioned it in my book that this was one of the thing, uh, therapeutic things that women often do after cancer. If you've had all your lymph nodes removed, like I've had all my lymph nodes removed on the left-hand side, you're at lifelong risk of developing lymphedema. And in fact, my arm, my, my, my left arm is about one and a half times bigger than my right. And if you do the motion of fly fishing is very good for lymphedema. There's also rowing. Some women, there's a rowing club in Dublin where women do the, in these big uh, on eight boats, they go rowing. Um, so I never actually did that, but I loved the way in the story they went off on this fly fishing trip because it's totally feasible and totally within the story of cancer that they might be doing that. And I love the way they linked it in with the love interest character who's the pharmacist. And he kind of grew out of what I was saying in my book was get a good pharmacist because by <laughs> sheer serendipity, I went to a local pharmacist. And uh, and I, I, there's a brilliant pharmacist up the road from me who just, he was amazing on the journey. He was a huge help along the way. He explained every medication to me. He explained what it, it did. He told me about other people's journeys. He went, you'll be all right. How are you doing? And, um, and so I just mentioned that in the book. And then Ruth and Jean turned him into a love interest. So I don't know as my pharmacist ever... <laughs> realized he appeared in the book but then if he sees the film he might think that I had the hot spring <laughs> and Tom Von Lawler who we know from Love Hate and other things is yeah. the oh Tom is amazing isn't he such an incredible actor like his range his vulnerability in this there's some scenes where you're gasping at the subtlety of what he's doing um it's just so under the surface and I love his stillness and and all the unsaid stuff he's doing. He he talk about range. He's amazing. And and Gemma Leah and Siobhan Cullen. Oh, the cast is amazing. Yeah. Amy amazing. Rowan cast us. There was a scene that Ruth wrote about when they're all in the hostel when they go fly fishing. And I remember reading it going, wow, how is she going to bring that to life on screen? Because it's it's quite complex and there's a lot going on. And that is my favourite scene in the film. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask you that um, about your favourite scenes. I Actually, Ruth, I went to school with Amy Rowan. I, we were in first year together. So I was I always when I see her name come up on a credits, I'm always like, wow. She's just she's so brilliant. She oh, puts such great. great cast together, doesn't she? She really does. And and you know, and Tony Deegan, the producer, I, I like actually myself and Tony and Amy, we was like we were playing hot cold with, you know, you're you're and yet we all had the you know, you're looking for something, but you, it's like going to the hairdressers and going, you know, you know, you, you don't know until you see it. And then um but we all had a, a very similar reactions to, to you know, and, and you see lots of people and they're all great. And I always feel like the, the project has its, I said this before, it has its own creative pulse. And my job is matching that pulse, you know, with the character of the, and so that's why I was saying, like when I saw Gemma Lee's tape, she didn't look like I thought the character would and she wasn't in any way like, but it was like, ah, I see there's a match, do you know, it's a funny yes. process. And Amy was brilliant uh, with that. And just going back to the fly fishing, you know, the funny thing about making a, a film as well is that, like, when I read Anne's book in, in India, that image, it was a throwaway comment about a joke, which I thought was very funny. But then I got an image of a lake and women recovering fly fishing. And, I, and when I had that image, I thought, there's a film. 
And sometimes there's an image and you'll a whole, it might take years to, to like literally like go fishing for what's you're reeling in, what's behind that image, do you know? And, and, and yet, you know, you know, and also even only now I'm beginning to understand, okay, there's very different atmospheres in the, in the hospital and in nature. And they're, they, you need that, that contrast of environment as part of the storytelling, you know? And so I'm, I was kind of, there's all sorts of things that are beyond our understanding, you know, because they're kind of, maybe they're more like dream or subconscious or, you know, mythical in a way. No, that's, that's really interesting. I want to ask you both about your favourite scenes. I know Anna's already mentioned it because my favourite scene is the one where she's, something very sad has happened and she's in a rage and she's cycling along by the sea and she cycles into the sea and it's kind of amazing. I mean, that, that was that a big deal to film? Yeah, it was a huge deal to film and we, we really couldn't afford it. I mean, I know it's a bit of a spoiler, um, you know, talking about it because it's a big scene, but um, so spoiler alert, but uh, it was one of the things I said, actually, it's essential. Uh, you know, we, we put a lot of, we, you know, and, and it, funny enough, we, we were, it was that day, so I wanted a sunny day. And the funny thing about this film is it all, it has, like I said, it has its own character and it's shown me so many times. If you wait, the right thing is actually happening, even if you not, you know, I wanted sunshine. And then out of nowhere, in the middle of this incredible moment of release, the heavens opened and drops like I'd never seen before. And I was in the sea with Gemalia, uh, directing in the sea. <laughs> it was like, it was just, but I felt all my own grief that day and it felt like I'd been holding it uh, and it all came out in me as well. So that's when the film and my own personal journey was actually came together in a very big way. So in a way, it was probably one of the most difficult and one of the most fulfilling and one of the most beautiful uh, moments for me. Um, and there's a few of them. There's there's some, there's, you know, I, I know if I was a really good director, I'd be saying, oh, no, I'm not happy at all. It's nothing like... <laughs> Oh no, I'm never happy. I'm delighted. <laughs> I'm just thrilled with it. It's not very cool <laughs> to say that, but I'm amazed by it. And um, I, 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 Anne was saying earlier, you know, this experience of cancer and loss teaches you really life is a gift. And this film has been such a gift. And I don't take, I never took a moment of it for granted. I never took a moment of the fact that I was being given money to do something like this. You know, it's phenomenal to have that opportunity. And um, and just what about your favourite moments? I mean, Kate, is, it, we should say, also is a stand-up comedian as you are and she's there's bits of um, stand-up uh, in in clubs uh, in between other scenes, uh, which I suppose are directly from your stand-up, I imagine. Yeah, and I, it's just fantastic to hear old gags that I love coming out of the mouth of somebody else and she really made it her own. And that's what uh, Gemma Lee is amazing to be able to do that because stand-up is very hard. It's very hard to find. You often see people when they begin, they don't understand the punch and energy that you have to serve, like, you know, literally yeah. serving it like tennis, lashing those lines out, getting the energy out. She really got it. She found her own style for delivering those lines. So it was fantastic to to see that element and I love the scene you mentioned too that is a high point of the film you know uh, it, there's just so much embedded in it and I think it will set off so much in people who see it it's just a very resonant image that people can bring things to but her mm. going off the pier it, oh sorry we shouldn't 
the spoiler alert. <laughs> it's, it's, a real surprise. Surprise. it's a real surprise too. <laughs> it's such a surprise. Spoiler alert. It's such spoiler a total alert. surprise. And you, oh, oh, we've given it away, so we've taken that away from you. Now, sorry about that. It would have been, it would have been a total surprise. <laughs> um, Ruth, there's a lot of thanks for DCU at the end, and I know you used some of the some of the scenes are set, set there. So was that a big thing? Going both former DCU students going come back to DCU to to make the film. Honestly. DCU were phenomenal because we were able to rock up there for 10 days. We got, I don't know, I think we got 17 locations between the hospital and the pharmacy and the Lundus and the hospice and all these various locations. And and I wrote a letter. It was funny. Sean, the locations guy at the at the rap party, came up to me at the bar and he said, do you know the best piece of writing you did on this film? I said, no, what? He said, the letter you wrote to DCU. <laughs> he said, because, um, you know, we we like we we it was a low budget film and we got amazing support from Screen Ireland but we did have a lot of locations and the first AD was like would you not want to wait till you have the rest of the money and I'm going this is the rest of the money they were making the film <laughs> so that so for understandable reasons and I I wasn't you know my lack of experience was a great thing in terms of scheduling a feature film but without the support of DCU honestly we couldn't have had we would have had we couldn't have managed the unit moves it takes a lot to move a crew and to be able to like rock up there and stay there for 10 days and, and shoot like that meant we and we had a lot of characters and scenes and um you know I really credit them a lot because I do consider that was sponsorship of huge support from them. That's pretty listen both of you what kind of conversations do you hope this film will start? Mm. Um, I hope it first of all I hope it's enjoyable and engaging to watch and 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 that's number one that does that it ho- that it is a fulfilling experience to go and see. In terms of conversations, the thing that I'm passionate about is emotional healing, you know, um, and w- what works for different people. I've been ha- I've been very aware from the start as well that we're not prescribing anything in this film. We're not saying this is how you get over your mental health or this is what you know. It's this character in this situation, but I would love to think that that it would start people to have a conversation or even a conversation with themselves about what helps me in a dark time, you know, and how does other, how can connections with other people, but more importantly, how can my, my relationship with life uh, be upgraded for peace, you know, to give me more peace? What am I, what could I do that would genuinely free me a bit um, from pain? And we all aren't, we're not going to avoid pain and, that's what I was fascinated in in making the film and in, it's what I'm fascinated in in my own life because what else is there really to know? So It's that's kind of I it, isn't it? That's yeah. really all, that's <laughs> all there is. Really. Yeah. If, if there's a question to be asked, that's kind of it. Um, Anne, what about you? Um, like, like Ruth said, you know, it's engaging, it's enjoyable, all of those things. I think friends, like I said, will enjoy going to seeing it together and talking about it afterwards. What do you hope people get from it? I think... Um, because of Kate's journey and uh, and where she's at when she gets cancer, it was a thing I had um, when I, I, I had the sense when I, I got sick that there was a little bit of me going, perhaps it's my, <laughs> this sounds so dark, perhaps it's my time to die. I think we have such a weird relationship <laughs> with death. Uh, it, it struck me that there was... You know, you go to hospital and it's just hell for leather about survival and have every treatment in the world and everything. And 
it's it's a bigger piece you know you begin to see yourself as an organic part of nature and I was thinking I was 45 when I got cancer I hadn't children I I was I was measuring it up my head going I've had a good innings um it's not a tragedy for the great unfolding drama of existence if I'm popping my clogs now and that's you know uh, but that was never part of the piece. I, I say it in the book that never at any point did anybody go, okay, here it is, a stage three, it's quite serious. And I did think I was dying for about four months because the chemo wasn't working. Um, and then suddenly psh, it all took off and it was good. Um, uh, there was never a question of, do you, do you want to go through this? Nobody ever said, you've got this cancer and we can do this. Um, before we start, uh, do you want to do this? Oh, do you, do you, do you want to die? It, um, I, that may sound insane, but it does say something about the Western mindset and a lack of connection with um, the flow of life. We come into the world and we will leave it. And uh and and we need a more organic sense of us connected to everything else and that everything begins and ends and has a flow. I really was connected to what is the meaning of this when I was going through it. And I, I, I did see it as a call to die. And it's only by the sheer serendipity of medical science. If I had got that level of cancer 10 years before, I probably would have died. You know, it's that serendipitous. So... Um, and look at what's happening to the world. Look at the planet on fire. Look at us killing the fucking planet. Um, we need we need a much wider view of of what we're doing here on the on this on this planet. We need a much broader, calmer, quieter, and like Ruth said, unconditional relationship with what the hell we're doing here. And. Uh, uh, I, I hope the sen- I think the sense of that will come across and it ends on this beautiful still image. And uh, I, I think it's about connection to nature at the end of the film. So and, and also and I agree with you completely about I am fascinated by death, you know, and I'm more I'm fascinated by our fear of death. Like it's the great big elephant in the room. And when you watch people uh, when there's like we are not tutored at all. We are not, we, we are not, we, it's the big weak link, uh, weak in the chain of life is how we perceive. It's like this, let, let's just not look at that. And I, I much prefer take it all into the, and also I really do believe life and death are so inter, interlinked that if you don't have a comfortable relationship with the fact that we are mortal, then you, that's actually like a boogeyman the whole time in the background. And once you bring that boogeyman into the room and put it in front of you, say, so let's have a look at you now, what, now do your worst. And, and befriend it then I think there's just like I think it's the one big thing that is this shadow in a, culturally that we have uh, you know so um, and is, is, li- is linked to the bigger issues as well. Ruth you did mention at the beginning existential and I'm really glad we've, we've wrapped it up with that massively existential chat thank you both for that tell us about where people can see it because very excitingly it's going to be in quite a lot of cinemas and you know we're only just used to getting back to the cinema now so that's brilliant that as many people as, as possible with these restrictions are going to get to see this wonderful film. I'm delighted. The cinemas have had a, a great response to it and all over the the, um, the country nationwide, um, you, you know, from next Friday on. And I know even in Dublin, the Odeon, you can book tickets already at the Odeon and at the Stella. And um, now in the next few days, then people will. And I love the fact 
that it is going to be everywhere. Kilkenny, Cork, Galway, you know, Tralee. I mean, everywhere, Athlone, Limerick. I mean, it's 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 really important to me. I mean, women are and, and men, like I, I really want, I do believe men are interested in women in their own right, not just as girlfriends are, you know, are hot babes in with strapped with guns. <laughs> like, I, I really believe men are interested in women so so that they would enjoy this. Um so yeah, uh from next Friday on, Friday twentieth. Brilliant. Well, congratulations both of you. Um I wish you all the best. I think it's going to bring a lot of uh, joy to people, but also a lot of thinking and like you say, you know, grappling with a lot of those big, big issues that we all have to, to face and uh, we need to face. So um yeah, thank you very much for joining us and the best of luck with it all. Thank you, Roisin. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. Well, that was Ruth Meehan and Anne Gilday there. And if you want to go and see The Bright Side, it's going to be out in cinemas, as they said, all around the country. And thanks very much to them. That's all we have time for. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Suzanne Brennan and by Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Contact us on social, on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter using at IT Women's Podcast. We're on email to thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com and we love hearing from you. Until the next time, mind yourselves and thanks very much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 